Good morning. God is good, isn't he? You know, I, uh, I am thankful for how God, is, how God has been working and how God continues to work in our church. I praise the Lord for uh, the, the, the revival services we had not too long ago for Brother Mark and his family as they came and preached. I'm more thankful, even more thankful for the Spirit of God that, that's been moving in the hearts of our people. And uh, I, I tell you, when God begins to work, Satan begins to work. And uh, uh, Satan does not like it when God's people want to do what's right. And, uh, and man, it, it, we need to be careful because he has a way of trying to stir up our thoughts uh, to, to cause strife or division or even cause us to sin, uh, to, to hinder him. And uh, I'm, thankful for, I'm thankful for our folks that recognize that and uh, allow the Lord to, to, to work in their lives. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to continue our study through the book of Ephesians, and we're almost at the end of the book. I don't want to go completely back over the book, but what a blessing it's been to look at the work of God in the lives of Christians. We saw the plan of God of salvation in chapter 1. We saw the doctrine of it. It was God's plan through the work of Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit in us to save us. We saw the revolutionary Christian, the revolution Christian life, uh, and we where we were dead in trespassing sins in verse chapter two, and uh, but God in His mercy saved us, Amen, and changed us. We're not what we once were. Uh, I hope you're not what you once were. Uh, uh, we've been saved from that, and uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And what a blessing that is. And to, to see the work of God in, in individuals, and, and to see the rejoicing and the victory that we can have in Jesus Christ is just absolutely amazing. Now, if we say we believe that, and we talk about the things that we believe there in the first couple chapters, well, we're supposed to behave differently. We're supposed to act differently. In fact, that's what he goes into in chapter 4. Uh, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Uh, we are called to be the children of God. Amen. Uh, he, he saved us, uh, not just so that we have a ticket to heaven, but he saved us that he might adopt us into his family. And we become the children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Think about that. Uh, we, were, we, weren't, we weren't just uh, lowly, left alone, uh, or, orphan children. We were against God in our trespasses and sins. We rejected God in our trespasses and sins. But God, rich in his mercy, saved us. I'm thankful for that. We, we looked at uh, chapter 4 and how we're to walk worthy. And, and it goes into, gets into that practical, uh, that practical uh, hands-on. If you used to steal, don't steal anymore. But work hard and give to others. Uh, if you used to lie, uh, put away lying and put on the truth. And this this idea of putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And in the middle of that, it says, renew your mind. Uh, through what? Through the word of God. We're to saturate our lives with the word of God and, and submit ourselves to the spirit of God and God will do a work in us that, that we can walk worthy of that. Now here in, in, chapter, uh, in chapter 5 we went through, uh, we went through uh, just last week we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there are going to be some things that should be happening in our lives. We'll be, we will be redeeming the time. We'll be walking uh, circumspectly. We'll be, uh, we'll be allowing uh, the Spirit to guide us in the things that we do and the way that we treat others and how we uh, speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that's how we keep that, that fillness of the Holy Spirit. It isn't just a one-time thing that happens and, and we just, we're full of the Holy Spirit for the rest of our lives. 
while the Holy Spirit indwells in us for the rest of our lives, the filling of the Spirit isn't that he crams you full of the Holy Spirit. It's that you yield yourself to the power and the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not every, not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. Not every child of God is filled with the Holy Spirit, although we're called to be. He says if you live in the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, if you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's important that we understand that, that our lives are to be filled with the Spirit, that we are to be filled with the Spirit, and that our lives are to be pointing others to Jesus Christ as we become more and more like Him in all aspects of our life. Would we agree that the Bible should be what, what, what leads and guides us in, our, in everything that we do in our life as children of God? If, if you believe that, say amen. All of it? It should be. It should be. But I will tell you this, more and more, the world is against the Word of God. It's against the teachings of the Word of God and the direction our, our culture around us will teach us the exact opposite of what the Word of God teaches us. And it is easy for us to become conformed to this world instead of transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to guard ourselves from what this world has to offer because they are saturating us through the television, through the radio, through the internet, through your cell phones, through the books that you read, through the newspaper, through the news. They just, just inundate you with this, this worldly philosophy that denies God and the truth of God's word and gives you some other false truth. We need to be very careful of this. Today we're looking at, we started by reading verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. What does it mean to submit ourselves one to another? That word submitting is, is followed, it's, it's, it's a, it means to voluntarily subject yourself or submit yourself or to give, give pre preference to someone else. Why? Because we're to be humble, not proud. Do you know what that means here? As far as for Christians, do you know what that means here in church? That there isn't somebody, there isn't anybody in this church that you should not be, or I should not be, willing to submit ourselves to. Now the Bible says there's different ways to do about it, especially the younger approaching the elder. We're to do it as a brother in Christ and in love. But listen, even I am not... Uh, 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 as pastor of the church, I am not above making a mistake. Amen? And my wife said amen very loudly. She didn't, actually. She's right over there. <laughs> but, it's, it, but it's true. So, so do you know what, what, what that means for me as a pastor? That somebody can come up to me and say, Brother, I, you, you said this, or, 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 or this, is, this is how it came across, and in love and, and, and gentleness after they've prayed and if they've examined their own heart according to, the, according to the word of God, that they can come to me and they can say, brother, I have this problem. And I will not, if I'm submitting myself one to another, just like this verse says, I will not say, I'm the pastor. You have no, you have no right to say that. But that's not submission. Now, as, as, as a pastor, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm the, 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 the under-shepherd, but, but subjection means that I voluntarily submit, understanding that, that we're all under Christ, amen, and under his leadership. 
So, so, uh, so it, it is not uh, above me, to, to, or it is not beyond me. To, in fact, I, I very much should be willing to submit myself to anyone who would come to me in love. That doesn't mean you're necessarily right either, by the way. You might be. Could just be a misunderstanding. You know what one of the problems, though, is in, 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 in churches? Whether it's a misunderstanding or not, I'm just going to keep quiet. And I'm going to let this fester and get upset. And you know what that does? It causes division in my heart. Bitterness will well up in me eventually. And then that will cause division within the church. We need to be very careful of that. That's why the Word of God says that we're to to submit ourselves. We're to have the same mind as Philippians says, to have the mind of Christ. Now, getting back to this passage of Scripture, we're going to read through... We're only going to read... uh, Verses 20, uh, and I, I covered 21 last week a little bit, last, uh, last Sunday afternoon, uh, but uh, we're going we're gonna to look at uh, 20, 20 through, 22 through 24 and stop there for, for this morning uh, and, and go through. But I want to pray before we, we get into the message. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so the, so the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, whether, whether uh, it makes us feel comfortable or not, we're thankful for the truth of your word. Lord, in God, I pray that you help us to understand and have, have uh, open eyes and open hearts to what you're, you're, you're teaching us here. God, I pray that you would uh, give me the words to say. Uh, Lord, that, that every word that comes out of my mouth is, is led by the Spirit of God. And uh, Lord, that we would not, uh, uh, that I would not taint the, the truth of the Scripture. God, I pray that you would be given all the glory and all the honor for what's done here this morning. Lord, we know that I know that I can't do anything. Father, I ask that your spirit would have your way with us, that you would, uh, that you would touch each heart, Lord, according as you see fit, that your word would not come back void, but that you would accomplish all that you would. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. One of the things that, that Satan is trying to attack today, and has been for a very long time, would be marriage. Let's just be honest. Marriage it has been under attack for not just a couple of years, but for all eternity. In fact, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, what did Satan do? He caused division between Adam and Eve. Say, so, well, what do you mean he did? What did Adam say when God said, what did you do? He said, it was that woman you gave me, right? Adam didn't take the blame. He was the, the, the head of the very first home. He was the, he was the head of, uh, of his wife. You know what he did? He blamed her. And in fact, he blamed God too. He says, you gave her to me. Uh, he may not have done that. Uh, uh, that may not have been his intention, but, but uh, he didn't want to take the blame himself. Can I tell you, God has ordained marriage. God created it. It is not a government thing. 
The government licenses license marriage because, well, it's good for governments to, to it benefits the government to have marriage. Does it not? Procreation to families? If you look at the statistics of, 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 of homes where, where both the father and the mother are there, the, if you take one of the, the father out of the home, it, man, it destroys, the, statistically, it destroys that home. Uh, because uh, those, those young people will, will grow up more likely to be in jail, more likely to be in drugs, more likely to, to, to be criminals, more likely to end up dead at a young age. Why? Because they did not have what God ordained, what God created uh, to be there, the home. God ordained it. And, and listen, he's going to, Paul's going to reveal to the church in Ephesus that there's a, a purpose uh, for marriage. There's a, a, a spiritual mystery that's going to be revealed here that, that, that marriage is, uh, is a picture of Christ and the church. And so there's, a, there's reasoning and thought behind what God did. Uh, God did not make this just because he wanted it to be this way, but there was purpose behind all. Listen, there's always been purpose behind everything God does. Everything. He planned it from the, from the very day that he, that, that before he said, let there be light, he planned all of this. The Bible says before the foundation of the, the world, the lamb was slain. God planned marriage before Adam and Eve. It was not a surprise to him when, Adam, when he saw Adam, he says, it is not good for, for him to be alone. And he brought him to help me. Now, can I say this? Adam didn't say, hey, I, I'd rather have somebody to be here with. God created Eve for Adam. Now that let me say this, it doesn't make Eve less than Adam. Our culture will try to push that. Uh, uh, these verses uh, can be uh, have been uh, for years have been misaligned, maligned, and and the, this idea of a of order in the home has been uh, been misconstrued and and uh, miscontextualized and and, and and taught that it's wrong because it pushes it pushes the woman or makes the woman uh, less than the man. But but you know what is actually really interesting? I was sharing this with Brother Donnie this morning. There's a man named Tom Holland. He's an atheist and a historian. And he wrote a book. Uh, he was doing. A, he, he was looking at history and 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 how things have changed over the years. And Western culture uh, teaches, uh, and they believe that that all the advancements in in women's rights, uh, voting, and all of these things that uh, that's all because we're casting off what the the the, the Christ, what, what the Bible teaches or the Christ, Christian doctrine. But we know what he came to find, come to comes to find out, and he wrote his book. It's not that the. Where we're at today has nothing to do with the casting off of the Christian doctrine, but all the credit is given to Christianity by an atheist. Why? He says, look at any country that's not, that, that does, does not follow Christ. The Muslim countries, the Asian countries, women are, are, are made to be less than men. Women are made to walk behind men. Uh, they're not allowed to... Uh, what happened? What's the difference? Yes, here, the wives are told to submit to their own husbands, by the way. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But the, the woman is elevated. In Christ, guess what? In fact, it says in the verse, the verse previous to that, the word to submit ourselves one to another. It does not distinguish male or female. They were elevated. Christianity and the teachings of Christ elevated women from where they were. Back in those old day cultures, it used to be they were they, they, they were that they were a property and could be controlled. And listen, that's not what this is talking about. 
if you would, I want you to notice something. If we're going to have a, a godly marriage, and can I just say this, a spirit-filled marriage. Because in verse 18 of, this, of the same chapter, we, as we covered last week, uh, it says that we are to, to be filled with the Spirit. If we're going to have a spirit-filled marriage, we need to have committed partners. Partners that are committed to, to, to following the Word of God as it's taught. In fact, if you're going to be a, a, a child of God, full of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You've got to be obedient to the, to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. You, you can't say, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. You don't understand the culture that I live in. It, it's not, that doesn't matter. Are we to let the culture control us? Uh, and conform, are we to conform to our culture? Or are we, be, are we to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and washed in the, and regenerated in the Word of God? We're to be in the Word of God. Our culture would tell us that this is wrong. That this weakens the home. I tell you, this will strengthen your home. And not just these four verses, but the following four verses. So the following verses after that. We need committed partners. Those who are willing to, to, that are committed not just to one another, but they're committed to God. It takes both. Now, the verse here, verse 22, says this, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. The first thing I, I see here is uh, a, a willing mi mindset of this surrendered help me. God calls the wife to, to, to submit herself. That word, that, that, that word there uh, that, that, that's used uh, in the, the Greek word here is hupotasso. It means to be subject unto, to voluntarily submit. That wife is to voluntarily submit uh, uh, to her husband in, 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 in everything according to this passage of Scripture. Does that mean that she doesn't have a say? No. Does that mean she needs to be beaten into submission or, or forced into submission? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Abuse is, uh, abuse is never okay. And if you're in an abusive relationship, remove yourself and keep yourself safe. If you're in a, a mentally abusive relationship, listen, you're not being protected. You're not being cared for. Uh, your, your job is to take care of yourself. That's not what I'm talking about, submission. We're talking about that, we, that the wife is submit to, to the, the husband as, he, as unto the Lord. And as he is head of the house, like Christ is head of the church. Voluntarily, First Peter chapter three. If you turn there with me, real quick, what does this look like? A little bit. The word submission is used all throughout the New Testament. In fact, speaking of the wife submitting to her husband, First Peter chapter three. It says this in verse one. Likewise, you wives be in subjection, same, same word, hupotasso, to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Wait a second. 
says, even if they, even if they, the husbands, obey not the word. That takes away my excuse. Well, he's not being the leader that he should be. So I'm going to step up and I'm going to be the leader. That is not what it says. Let's let the word of God teach us what it says. It says, or it tells us what it says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. God says that for the wife, it is better for you to be in subjection under your own husband, to willingly submit under your husband, not to do anything sinful or wicked or evil, but to willingly choose to be submissive to your husband. Why? So that even if he is not obeying the word by your life and by your actions and by your obedience unto God, you might be what God uses in his life to bring him back to the word of God or to salvation if he is unsaved. Listen, it is difficult to be in an an unequally yoked relationship. That's why the Bible tells us we're not to uh, unequally yoke ourselves with unbelievers. Young young people, uh, don't go and find yourself a spouse uh, that is not saved. And if you're dating... it, that the age of dating, I'll say this is up to your parents. So, uh, for for me personally, if you're not ready to be married, you're not really ready to be dating either. But when you are to that point, can I say this? Make sure it's somebody who is saved, because there are problems when it's not. All you have to do is look at, look around in this world. And you see the, the homes that are broken and the, 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 the children that, that, are, that are hurt and the, the relationships that are destroyed. When, when, we, when we choose the wrong thing, when we choose what feels, what feels right to us or when we choose what we want, I'm so thankful that, 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 that God worked in my life. That even, even the fact that uh, I was out of God's will at the time, God still arranged uh, for my wife to get saved before we, before we got married. I was away from God. And guess what? It was through the conversation of my wife and through what was God, God was using her to bring me back to him. There's a willing submission or willing mindset. It's still there in 1 Peter chapter 3. It says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Verse 2, While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose ador- not fear of them, but fear of God, whose adorning, let it be nothing that, that outward adorning or plating of the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of grace. Great price. For after after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being look notice this in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters are as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. That that last phrase is important. He says, listen, this is what Sarah did. She, uh, she wasn't trying to, uh, she said, this is how she dressed, this is how she acted. She, 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 she was obedient unto, A- unto Abraham. But notice that last phrase, it says that she was not afraid with any amazement or any terror. She was in subjection willingly. She obeyed her husband willingly. Listen, how would you feel if your husband said, hey, honey, God told me we're going to go to some place that, uh, well, 
we're, we're going to move and just live in a tent from now on because God told me to do that. You know what a lot, most women would say to their husbands today? Bye. See you later. I like a roof over my head. When, when God, I, I can, back, back in the days when, when the, before God called me to preach, and I, was, I can remember joking to my wife saying, when I was, when I was young, uh, I surrendered to the mission field. God might call me to, to be a missionary. God might call me to preach. Who knows, God could call us into missions or, or into some kind of ministry. And you know what her response always was? Good luck. Not with me, with you, you're not. I don't think so. And I can remember the moment that, that, that God worked, the day that God called me. And I, I mean, I was, I was worried to go home and tell my wife because I didn't know what her response was going to be. And I came home early in the morning and I said, I said, Jess, we need to talk. God's called me to preach. And she did not say good luck. She said, whatever God has called you to do, let's do it. Has it been easy? No. Would I do anything else? No. But you know what I do need? I need a supportive wife who is willing to obey me as I obey the Lord. She could have said, hey, that is not what I signed up for. In fact, she was very vocal about that. <laughs> but what, she was in subjection. That's what, we're ta- that's what we're talking about. Voluntary submission, being willing to obey, just like Sarah obeyed when Abraham said, hey, we're going to go out to the city, that, uh, looking for a city that God's going to show us. And, and, and they never found it on this earth. They lived in tents their whole lives. But she willingly followed and obeyed. And God blessed them. But it wasn't because she was afraid of them. Again, that, that last phrase there in, verse, in chapter 3 to verse, verse 6, it says, they are not afraid with any amazement. That, that word amazement, the Greek word means terror. Can I say this? A lot of us, a lot of men today and over the last several decades have taken uh, the, the, the idea of a wife being subjected to her husband and they've taken that as a right to rule over their home in an ungodly way. And we need to be very careful, men, that is not what this is talking about. Your wife should not be afraid of you. Your, your, your children should not be afraid of you. Listen, are you afraid of God? Yes, there is a godly reverence and a godly fear. But, uh, but we need to understand that, 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 we're, that we are to be a picture, husbands, uh, of Christ, is for what Christ is for the church. So that our wives can be subject unto us in a safe manner. It should not, it should not be done out of fear. You know what it should be done out of? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to see her, her worthy motive. Galatians chapter, or Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves, that voluntary submission, unto your own husbands. And by the way, again, own husbands. My wife is, my, the word of God tells my wife to submit unto me, to voluntarily subject herself unto, unto me. It does not tell your wife to subject herself unto me. 
or my wife to subject herself unto you. It's her own husband's. We're not talking about whether men and women are unequal. We're talking about the order that God has created, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes because God has created the home. But, But notice that the last part of that verse there, as unto the Lord. Her worthy motive, the motive, her motivation for being in subjection to you and submitting herself to you and uh, the husbands and, and, and obeying the husband is not to, 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 to lift you up or to make you, uh, to make you better. Uh, her, subjection, her subjection to you is because this is the order that God has called for and she's, she, her desire is to be committed unto God and to be obedient unto the Lord. That's it. She's subjecting herself unto you as unto the Lord. Not as you subject yourself unto the Lord. We saw that in 1 Peter 3. That's not what it's called. She's called to subject herself unto you regardless of whether or not. Because by her testimony, she might be able to draw you back to the Lord or, or somebody husband's unsaved may be able to draw him to the Lord for salvation by her conversation. So her, her motivation is to bring on glory to God. Is that not supposed to be our motivation for everything that we do? See, now listen, I, listen, I, I get this, that this in, our, in our culture and in this time, we, we, we tiptoe around these words, the words of subjection, wives, subject yourself unto your husband. Does anybody question the fact that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and that we are to be subject, subject unto him, that we are to voluntarily submit ourselves unto Jesus Christ? Anybody? I hope nobody, nobody objects to that. That's what we're called to do. Does any, anybody object in Colossians chapter 3 where it also says that wives are to subject themselves to the husband, where it says that children are to obey or subject themselves unto their parents? We all agree on that, except for maybe the kids. Right? We're all okay with telling our kids that they're subjected. What about in Romans 13 when it tells all, all Christians to subject themselves unto the government and the laws of the government? Well, I know sometimes we break the speed limit, but I hope you're not breaking other laws and you haven't murdered anybody, you haven't gone around defrauding people. Those things also break things in the Word of God, but sometimes those laws are... Uh, listen, as far as the government's concerned, you have two things. We are always to obey God. Amen? And according to the Word of God, we're to obey the, the government as long as we can still obey God. Amen? All right. Now, when the two conflict, we obey God before we obey government. That's what the Word of God teaches. But we should never not obey God. God should always be the one that we subject ourselves unto. In fact, we're called to, all Christians are called to subject ourselves unto God. So then why, in this one instance, do we feel like we have to, I'll be honest, I feel like I I have to tiptoe around these words, that I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody, that somebody's going to get upset. I shouldn't have to. And the truth is, you shouldn't be offended by it. Because if I, if I to, have I told you anything that the Word of God has not said? Again, I'm not talking about husbands being overbearing and, and destro- just destroying their families. God ordained the family, and God gave it order. In fact, in fact that's the next thing we see in the next verse. Uh, we, we see the, 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 the willing mindset and the worthy, the worthy motive of the surrendered help me. But next, look at the sovereign example that God gives to us in verses 23 and 24. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. God has, given, God has given us through Jesus Christ and, 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 and the church has given us the example. In fact, this is the mystery that's beginning to be revealed. That, that we, that the marriage that God created is a picture of Jesus Christ and the church. We're going to go back in the Old Testament here in a few minutes and, 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 and finish by looking at that a little bit. But, but I want you to understand that this is an example of God for us. There is a, a heavenly order in which things are to be. God created it. Have you ever got something from the store, guys, and threw out the instruction manual on how to put it together? I don't do that. I'm somebody, my wife does, actually does that. That's typically a male, a male thing. I don't need instructions. I can figure this out. I'm a man. Where did this point, I don't know why this is left over. <laughs> and then you see the whole thing go, bam, bam. Or if you're, if you're into construction, maybe you can figure that stuff out. My mind doesn't work that way. I need to go from step one to step, step 147 to get, it, to get it right, one screw at a time, whatever I have to do. I want to make sure it's built the way it's supposed to be built so it doesn't collapse upon me or my children and, and kill, kill them. Uh, so, so I have to follow that. But guess what? I, I don't throw away that instruction manual. Why? Because it's made by the person who made it. It's not just some Joe Schmo down the street that they randomly got some instructions and threw it in there. It wouldn't make any sense to follow those instructions. But listen, who created and who ordained marriage? It was not the government. God created it. It is his institution. And there is a heavenly order to his institution. And let me just say this. It's talking about husbands and wives. Listen, the government says the government is willing to accept whatever right now the, whatever the world is, is, has to offer. Let me rephrase it: the government is willing to accept whatever Satan is willing to offer. That's what whatever marriage is. I don't care what the government says is marriage, and that will make me extremely unpopular in this world. But marriage is between a man and a woman, one man, one woman. When it says husbands, it's, it's, a, it's a word for a man. It's always a word for a man. Uh, I saw a, 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 uh, an article the other day. A woman d- doesn't like human touch, so she built herself a, a uh, uh, th- she got a 3D printer, and she 3D printed herself a, 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 a man, and she's going to marry it. This is the, if you know sign language, this is the sign language for crazy. In this world today, we have what's called, not just couples, but throuples. Where you can have two, or you have three people together, and that's, that's considered a family now. That is what the world, and that's what Satan is trying to push Say, well, that's not new. They they did that back in the in the Old Testament days. It wasn't right then either. Just because Solomon had a, a, a hundreds of wives, well, three hundred wives and however many concubines. Uh, if you have the, the concubines, so it comes almost out to a thousand wives. For the wisest man in the world, he was really stupid. 
But that disobedience to God was his downfall, was it not? Because he brought in wives from all these other countries and all these other gods, and suddenly his heart was turned away from God. Can I tell you, marriage is to be as God ordained it, between one man and one woman, husband and wife, but not just that, but also the order God has for it. The order that God has for it is that the husband is to be the head of the wife. Now, ladies, if, if, if you're, you see that there in verse, verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. But can I, but can I say this? It is, it, it's much easier, this, this teaching to, to submit to your husband is a whole lot easier than the teaching that God has for the men. Come back this afternoon. I'll be honest with you. Don't, don't miss it. Guys, this is important. Because you're to be the head of, of, of your home and the head of your wife like Christ is for the church. And there's a whole lot more to it. It's a whole lot harder to do than to say yes, dear. To willingly submit. It is a whole lot harder to be like Christ in your home. Listen to Think about Christ in the home, Christ as as the church, as the savior of the body, the sacrifice, the fact that He is our leader, that He is our priest, that He is our priest, that He daily intercedes for us. Men, that's what God calls you to do, and so much more. And if we were men like we were supposed to be men, it would be easy for our wives to be submissive or voluntary submit to their husbands. I don't th- the, the, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I don't think the truth, I don't think the problem isn't that wives aren't as submissive as they should be. I think the problem is that men aren't the men that they're supposed to be. We see the heavenly order here. The husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. It does not mean that he is better than she is. It does not mean that he is more intelligent than she is. The truth is, my wife is more, more smarter. <laughs> I just about said it too. Uh, more intelligent than I am. She is more organized. She is better at, at so many things than I am. Listen, so, so it is not, it's, 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 again, it's not an elevation of, of the person. It is the order that God has placed. Just like every company has a CEO, uh, every body has a head. Have you ever seen those animals with two heads? They don't survive very well. There, there, have, been, there, there have been genetic mutations where snakes, I've seen snakes, I've seen the cow born two heads. It, it is a messed up thing. As a body of Christ, we can't have two heads. And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to position myself to be the head of the church. You know who the head of the church is? Jesus Christ. I am to submit myself to Jesus Christ, just like the rest of us are to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. And in the home, as Christ is the head, I am to be the head. My wife has to fight for that. That doesn't mean that her opinion doesn't matter. In fact, I go to my wife for her opinion on just about everything. But when it comes down to it, if God is leading us, God's leading me into something. She has never once, praise God for it, never once pushed back and said, no, I don't want to do it. She has willingly, voluntarily submitted herself. 
Why? Because that's the order that God has for us. And it's a picture of Christ in the church. There's a humanly order. There's also a, a, a holy obligation here. In verse 24, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. This holy obligation is for the church, that we are to be subject unto Christ. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my Commandments. They're not suggestions. They're commandments. We are, to, we are to submit ourselves unto the word of God. Uh, James says it like this. Uh, be ye not hearers of the word but only, but we're to be doers of the word. So we're to take the word of God and not just the parts written in red. We are to take the word of God and to live our lives in accordance with this book. And these verses fall into that. The husband is the head of the wife that she is to willingly subject herself. And guys, being the head, of the, the head of the home means a whole lot more. There's a holy order, there's a heavenly order, a holy obligation, and the spiritual expectation is this. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. It doesn't feel natural. Because it goes against your flesh. But you are, in your marriage, a reflection of what the church is to Jesus Christ. Because when the world sees the Christian marriage, they should see in your husbands the way Christ taught Christ what in the way Christ was for the church, and in the wives the way the church is to Jesus Christ. If you go back in the book of Genesis, and I mentioned that we'd look at this real quickly. We don't really, for sake of time, we won't turn to all of it. But can I say this from the very beginning? Marriage was always a picture of the church. Marriage was always a picture of the church. Genesis chapter 2, we find that Adam fell asleep. And God took a rib from Adam's side, and he made a woman. So the church was created for, for, for Adam, and it came out of Adam. Can I, can I say this? That, or, sorry, Eve was, 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 was made for Adam and out of Adam. Can I say this? The church was made for Christ and out of Jesus Christ. Just like the rib came from the side of Jesus Christ, uh, the blood that, that flowed from his side is what cleanses the heart of all men. If we're saved, if we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, we have become the body of Christ, or the church, the called out assembly. Uh, we, we're not separate from, we are one with him. And that's, uh, if you go down far enough, you, you see that. This is, uh, for, uh, goes down to... Uh, Go down to verse uh, 31, for this cause, or sorry, verse uh, 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Uh, from the very beginning, God ordained the husband and the wife were to be one. Listen, we are joined together with Christ through his blood.
We, 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 we covered that earlier in the chapters where it says, uh, the, the, by, by the blood of Christ that we are made nigh, one with another, but also with, Jesus, with God. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, amen? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ, which, which created uh, in me a new heart and has brought us together as children of God. In Genesis chapter 24, you see Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham is old and unable to go out and, and find a, 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 a wife for his son. So what does he do? He sends his, his, uh, he sends his uh, servant out, uh, his, head, his head servant, and, and he goes out and, 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 and seeks out a wife for Isaac and, and brings, brings, back, uh, brings back that wife to him. See, when we, the, the, the first verses there in Genesis are showing the, we're showing the, the, the past formation of the church, but the, the present function of the church, the way the church works now is the Holy, uh, is, is just like it did in Genesis chapter 24. The Holy Spirit uh, acts as the servant of, 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 of Abraham. God is the picture of, of the Father. The Holy Spirit comes out and seeks you and I out, does he not? And he saves us. And he brings us back to his son. Because what does the Holy Spirit do? It opens up our eyes to our sin, to our wickedness, uh, to the the fact that we need to be saved. And it opens up our eyes to the Savior. And the the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus Christ. That's how the uh, the church functions today. And we think of of Christ being the head of the church. uh, It's the Holy Spirit that works in each and every one of us. John 6, 44, Jesus himself said, unless the Father draws you, you you can't come unto him. It's the Holy Spirit that draws you and I to the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that that brings us back uh, to Jesus Christ. And then lastly, we see see in the Old Testament, uh, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 41, Joseph after having done much for uh, for 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 Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh in in um, interpreting his dreams and telling him what uh, what what did the king do? The king gave unto him a wife as reward. In the future, do you know what's going to happen one day? The King of Kings is going to present us to a son when we all get to heaven. There'll be a day when, 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 when the trumpet blows and, and, and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain will be caught together with them in the air. Listen, that day we'll be reunited with Jesus Christ. See, right now we are, uh, he is the groom and we're not his bride. We are, uh, we, we are, we are his soon-to-be bride. We're not there yet, but one day we will be. One day, uh, we'll be presented unto him. And, and listen, we're going to be presented without spot, without wrinkle, uh, holy, unblameable. And listen, that's all a work of Christ in us. But we'll be presented unto, unto him through, by the Father. One day. Right now. Right now, we just serve the Lord. We read the word. We study the word. And we live the word. We let the Holy, we, we guard ourselves from, from, the, from the, the world, the, 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 not from, from people, but from the, the mindset of the world, from the, the sinfulness of the world, from the, 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 the conformity of the world, and we allow ourselves to be transformed and renewed uh, in the spirit of our mind by the word of God and the spirit of God. We allow ourselves to be filled with the spirit of God so we can be the, the children of God that we're supposed to be, but also in our marriages, the husbands and wives that God has called us to be so that we can be a picture to this world 
what Christ is to the church and what the church is for Christ. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. I'm so thankful for Christ. I'm thankful for what he did for us. It's, it's God the Father that made him the head. Amen. He did it because he loved us. He loved us. He died for us. And he continues to work in us. May God help us to allow him to work in us. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I, I know that it, it, it can be difficult sometimes to, to, to hear the word. And uh, Lord, this, this wasn't really an exciting passage. But the truth is, uh, there, is a, there is a great truth here. Lord, that for the church that we are to be subject unto Christ. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be not subject unto the world, not, not, not conformed to this world, but transformed. Help us, Lord, to submit ourselves to Jesus. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads bowed down.